Get to Annapolis Center. Do you have any test operations restricted area 2508? There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Uh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. It's already funny. We have only started. Girls, get your um, big box of Kleenex, your big box of wipes, your squeeze, your lube, your fan. Sit yourself down because Richard's one one is here. Lonnie. Hey, baby. Hey, Mac. How's it going? What's happening? How's it going, girls out there, ladies, gentlemen, all ships at sea, welcome to the show. It's going to be a fun show tonight. I can feel it. You can feel it. If I was an empath, I would be able to feel it. I'm not, but <laughs> I can feel it anyway. Feel it anyway. That's that strong, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Well, last time I was trying to feel it, I got arrested. Well, well, well. <laughs> really? <laughs> We're 38 seconds into the show. $18. Um, uh, no cocoa tonight. Out saving this very screwed up world. But our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Waters, with us down there in um, West Virginia. How you doing there, Switchy? I'm doing really good, Mac. Okay. And how are you? Beyond wonderful. Beyond wonderful. We have to hear it. Anything new down there? You just got off of the big Mothman Festival and you're heading somewhere else? Yeah, I kind of recovered from that. Um, uh, nothing uh, nothing new down here, but I will be... Uh, Doing some traveling this weekend out to the Van Meter Visitor Festival, yes, yes. and I will be the MC there as well. The MC, hmm. yeah, oh, you get around. Do you mention yeah. us at all? Do you ever bring us up at any of these uh, places that you have the special guest? I, I don't know if it, if it cuts into my per diem or any of my benefits. I'd have to really think about it. Wow, man, Dylan, right. Dylan in the limo. Bill us for it, but but if they can afford, you know, with without uh, you know screwing me over, sure. <laughs> wow. Hey, I'm blaming it. Really. Send Mac a bill for the... Uh, You're, oh, really? A2? A2-1-1? Uh, <laughs> also with us is our security chief, Willie Club, WC. Whoa, WC, how you doing? You know, I'm doing great, Mac. It's mm -hmm. it's great to be here again tonight. I'm again feeling like a lot of energy. I just a little... One. Had to clear my throat. I was so excited. Okay, but yes. anyways, uh, I'm pretty excited about uh, Switch. Sounds like he's got a big uh, time coming up here. Yep. And and I wanted to ask Switch. I've been asking, I'm thinking of asking about this. When you do big events like that, do you wear different, you know, headpieces, you might call them, I guess, for those? Or is it you wear the same wow. old thing? Do you wow. like, dress it up? for? No, the, <clears throat> the consistency fools them. Um, if you're consistent, if you're always changing your your wig, uh, you know people will know it's a wig. So you just you know, wear the same same thing, and they say, "Is that a wig?" You know, and they say, "Well, I don't know. It looks the same as it always did." Yeah. <clears throat> well, some of the things I've seen you wear, I'd know right away, or, oh, wow, even if my wow. eyes were closed. Yeah. But cool. Now, now I am kind of a fashion plate when it comes to t-shirts. I mean, I I will I will wear as many as uh, 
Uh, six to ten T-shirts in a, in a weekend. Yeah, we saw them. So you distract them away from your head. Well, yeah, it's, it's called. Yeah, it's called well, I never thought about it that way, but yeah. that's that's a good uh, good sign. Distraction. Yeah. Hey, listen. Speaking of distractions, also in the house with us tonight is UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo. Al. <laughs> Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. Uh, Hello, so Will. Willie, Willie, real quick, uh, they brought back some part of an asteroid. What do you think? He's going to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, is that all right. right. Oh. Yeah. Boy, you're gonna you want you you, you taking my show now, huh? Well, no, I just wanted to ask you about it because I think I, don't worry, you're gonna hear it. Oh, good. I, I'm curious because even I really though Max did. says I'm only limited to two minutes, I, I, yeah, they I probably never just got it from some uh, ever rock quarry in Poughkeepsie. You know, it's probably not a real. No, 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 no. Don't say that. You know, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be very interesting news from that thing. You never know. But anyway, talking about interesting news, bad news. No raven tonight. No raven tonight, guys. Wow. So it's a sausage fest. No, I, I don't know how to deal with that. I mean, either. Sausage fest. Is <laughs> a plumbing issue? She said something on a plumbing issue, apparently, yes. Nothing good to look at tonight. That's the problem. Uh, anyway, we do have a guest coming on later on, so never say never. Uh, Stephanie oh, from the Ghostly Adventures people, I think is the name of her gang. And also Dr. Bob Gross is going to be joining us later on. Uh, well, in a few minutes, he's going to tell us about NASA's new initiative, believe it or not, to use AI to look for UFOs. You know, NASA's everywhere now. All of a sudden, they're everywhere. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yep. I, I, As you know, my daughter, uh, my daughter Allison, is still going for a PhD in artificial intelligence. She's getting lots, a lot closer. She's doing a lot of really? work for NASA Ames out there in uh, the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ames Research Center. Just came back from a gig. Now she's going to go up there again. Now, this is the one who her employers refused to let her come on the show? Uh, I don't think that's – you know what? I They wouldn't be I happy. remember something like that. I think it, it was more of her decision in case, you know. Okay, so she just hated us. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. You know. Don't want to blame the Lose government for everything. Loose lips sink ships. Oh, wow. Okay. So anyway, uh, Raven isn't here. However, we do have a top ten. So, playing the part of Raven tonight will be Switchblade Steve Watt. Well, man. Are you up to the task there? Can he do it? I, I, I prefer job. saying filling in for Raven, but not playing her part. I don't, I think the, uh, hey, I tomato, tomato. Uh, compete with the black eyed kid. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you did a good job. this is the top 10 reasons the aliens will not be landing in 2023. Okay. The top 10 reasons the aliens will not be landing in 2023. Number 10. Stop the music. Gasoline is at 380 a gallon, and it takes a lot of gas to run a Starbuster 335 warp engine drive. Wow. Wow. <laughs> really? That sounds accurate. <laughs> I thought sure hell would laugh at that. Nice. Please. Switch. Number nine. They're waiting to hear back about their dinner invitation to Taylor Swift. Now, listen, let me just talk about her for a second, okay? Yeah. Uh, did you see her on TV? With the, with, with, the, with, uh, with Kelsey? With Kelsey. With okay. his brother? Okay, no, Kelsey and Swift are going out together, okay? They're the new item. They're the new thing. And she was in the, she was in the booth with his mother for the mm -hmm. game, and she went nuts. They beat the hell out of somebody. I forget who. He caught a couple passes, so on. So they're, now they're the couple, right? Bill Belichick 
has never cracked a joke in his life at the press <laughs> conference goes, someone yeah. asked him about it. Someone had the you know guts to ask him about it. He goes, uh, Kelsey has made a lot of good catches in his career. This might be the best one yet. Not yeah. bad. I heard that. I heard that when it happened. Did Not you, bad for Did you hear what they're saying about it, Mac? No, what? That it's a publicity stunt? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Since yeah. that happened, they can't keep the Kelsey uh, shirts in the, uh, you yeah. know, that's just selling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they expect that that's going to be big for her because she's advertising her uh, movie of her yep. you know, recent uh, tours. So they said, keep an eye on that, they said. But that is typical of, uh, you know, a promoter like her. Madonna's done that. Yep. So yep. see how long that lasts. Yeah. All the Kardashians have done it. You know, it's, it's kind of like a um, an arranged marriage in a way, you know. The both both people get hot publicity-wise, and, you know, everyone wins until they break up. And she writes a song. I mean, oh, she was a... so phony. If you saw her in the booth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She scored yeah. a touchdown. Yeah. They were leading by, like, 34 points. Yeah. You know, she made it look like they just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, yep. She was going nuts. Yeah, yep. I mean, Kelsey's mother was just sitting there. Yeah, and that. she finally hitting the mother on the side, like, saying, come on. Come on, ma. But, Drink that my yeah, so I, I mean, I like her and I like Kelsey, but I, I, I'm very suspect of uh, the motivation of that. Yeah. Well, they said she needed to write a new breakup song, so she had to go out with somebody to, gonna be him. to base it on. Now, listen, <clears throat> while we are talking about this, listeners, Switch has violated the code. What's the, uh, the universal code? I can see his hands. No, no. Not, <laughs> not that rule. Not that code. It's the one I thought he had an octopus there, but it turned out to be his cat's tail. Get that thing out of here. Good. They call it kitty litter for some reason. Go ahead. Oh, don't swat it away. You don't tell cats to leave. They leave when they feel like Really? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Tell them that when they're eating your body. So they were saying to Taylor and, Swift makes more money in one set of ticket sales for one concert yeah. than he makes... In a season, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Her, one of her arrows or whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah. Arrow. One, yeah. one, one sold out stadium like Arrowhead when she did it. Go ahead. The ticket sales are more money than he makes in an entire season. So it's oh. another case where you know the, the ladies made a lot more money than the guy, well, like Brady. You know, you know who's going to be on top, as the kids say. Yeah, so. All right, listen, let's move on. Number eight, please, which. These are top the ten reasons. That, top ten, uh, go ahead. Top ten reasons the aliens will not be landing in 2023. The fact that aliens everywhere drink only Bud Light restricts the number of places that they can land on Earth. Well, that's probably true. Right, okay. Yeah. Next, please. Which particularly down south. Number seven. Number seven. <laughs> they took a vote and decided to hold off revealing themselves until next February's spring break. Wow, hang on. <laughs> Number six. These are funny about two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. They tried to land in the Ukraine, but some asshole tried to shoot them down. Oh. Huh? There you go. Next, please. They should shoot back. <laughs> now that'd be Number funny. five. They will land only when Lonely Larry tells them to. <laughs> I thought Raven was going to be on tonight. <laughs> Next, please. Okay, the f- number four reason that aliens are not going to land on Earth. They would land in China, but they're afraid that they'd want to take off and then land back <laughs> there again in an hour later. Now, that's funny. 
Want to read it? Want to do another read through of that one? Switch. We'll see just how funny it is. They would they would land in China, but they're afraid that they'd want to take off and then land back there again an hour later. Okay. Well, okay. Is that like should a I, physics thing? Is that? Yeah, should, it is. should I read it slower for close? No, it's all right. <laughs> I, I'm not good in physics. We can read it. We can read it an hour from now. Switchy. Okay. Number three. They're still trying to work out an endorsement deal with those pricks at Tic Tac. Come on. At what? Those pricks at Tic Tac, uh, the, the Tic Tac UFO videos. Oh. They're okay. trying to work on an endorsement. What's the matter with this, Michael? Okay, Number next. two. Please. They're not, not quite ready to reveal that Lily James is their queen and that once they land, all men must die except one. Who would that be? <laughs> Who else? One who loves Lily James? It's gotta, All right. It's got to be you. It's got to be. That's the end of the story. Okay. Uh, number one, please. And the number one reason why the aliens will not land in 2023, they don't think anyone will notice. <laughs> it's true. Some guy had a New Yorker cartoon, and the guy is standing on the, you know, on the, <clears throat> guy is standing on the street corner, and he's going, you know, UFO is proven to exist, and people are just rushing by him. No one cares, you know. Ten years ago, that's all anyone would care about. Oh, 20 years ago. Now there's so much stuff going on. The fact that they have videos of them, that the military agrees there's something there, that everyone agrees that there's something there, that you, that they actually exist. It's just another story. It's weird how it happened, but that's how I see it anyway. Well, I think that it, it's it's like that because we still we want to see more hardcore evidence, right. more proof, more videos. Something that's not blurry and weird and, right. you know, we want to see it. We're hearing it all the time. We're curious about it. Show me the money. Show me the videos. Mm. And we're not getting it. And the government steps in and says, hey, we're kind of, you know, buying into this. Yeah, well, right. show us the money then. Jeez. I mean, the, let's see the evidence. The only thing that has really happened is that the military establishment of this country has publicly agreed that they don't know what they are. That's always been the big question. Right. And and I don't I don't believe they know what they are because they wouldn't go be, go through all this if they did. Now here's the thing though is why all of a sudden why did they get woken up? Why what did they see you know other than us? Supposedly we see 50% of what they see. What did they see that convinced them this? You know, it's probably more than the Tic Tac videos or something, but I'm sure. To come to the conclusion that we don't know what these things are. We're looking into it. That's all they tell us now for the past yeah, few years. We don't know what it. they are. We're looking into it. We're looking into we it. We have them classified as unknown. Uh, unknown phenomena. Club knows. What do they call them? UAPs, right? You unknown, yeah. unknown aerial Unidentified aerial phenomena. No. Uh, they took I'm the word aerial out and changed it to anomalous. No. Uh, 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 I can't even remember the word now. Yeah, I mean, it, that's they took a, the word aerial out of it because they they're lumping in uh, undersea stuff too. Right? right, right. I mean, that's that's a classic distraction thing is to keep changing the name of the you know the the unit and the division and you know they get lost. You know. Um, well, the so, big thing is they're putting their money where their mouth. They're putting their money where their mouth is, which they've never you done. Know, there's before. a lot of funding, a lot of congressional uh, so, influence now, so. I think you're right, Max. Someone's 
got something that something. is motivating the government to, to do much more. They're not being transparent, but at least they're showing that they're trying to do something. They, they know, in my opinion, they had to come clean because they know maybe something is down the line that they have to go on record as saying we don't know what these things are. And, um, you know, and, and even though they're not Russian or Chinese, they're, they've, you know, categorically ruled that out. They do show up more often uh, during our military exercises as well, UFOs in wartime. During our military exercises, you know, they, they um, stalk uh, military ships. You know, they seem to know when military activity is, is going on because they're seen more often then. So that, that would lead you to believe that it's some kind of other countries' intelligence agencies. But, you know, the, the Chinese and certainly the Russians don't have that kind of technology that those Tic Tac videos that were taken, you know, 15 years ago, some of them. We're showing, you know. Uh, so it's a big mystery, but the bigger mystery is why did the U.S. government, why the U.S. military admit that they don't know what they are? That's, you know, that's the question that has to be answered. Anyway, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And when we come back, Club's going to tell us a little bit about this asteroid uh, retrieval spacecraft that landed in the Utah desert today, what it's all about. And, um, and then we're going to have a guest on in about 30 minutes in Switch is going to give us switch. You are going to give us just like a real kind of quick report on what Van Meter is about and so on? Yes. Okay, good. Why don't we take that commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Macaloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54? How about Tonopar Test Range? or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle. Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey, a valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. What a gang we have for you, first of all. Uh, girls, you see the very famous Juan Juan. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Everything okay over there? Over, yeah. Over, yeah. The over here in England, is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the football is, has started. You know, they call it football here. It's soccer. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't and don't apparently a big golf tournament is going to be happening. Here. Oh, really, huh? Okay, soccer. Not in this country, but in in Europe, where the hell is the the Ryder Cup? It's it's here someplace. Oh well, that's um, actually that. a good thing to bet on. Anyway, soccer is boring. Worst sport in the world. Uh, also with us is our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward. Switchy. 
It is great to be here tonight, Matt. You hate you hate soccer, don't you? Be truthful. Uh, I, I, I actually watched a little bit of it recently when uh, it was a big deal. <laughs> and uh, what you do is you, you tape it. Yes. And then you put it on fast forward. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, after and then like forty five minutes go by, go by in five happens. minutes, and it looks you know it just moves faster, uh-huh. and you can kind of focus and pay attention. It's like a Bruins game, just watching fast forward. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, also with us in the house is uh, UFO mechanic Edward yeah, Naldo. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. Slash ghost hunter slash getaway driver. Okay, that was funny. Uh, just here a little while ago, we saw a shadow here in the station. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not good because no one's supposed to be in the station except us. We did another. We did a wide search, armed with a golf club and a weapon that Coco gave me years ago. Couldn't find anybody. So, but he went right by the door. Went right you know, by the door. We were in you know, a, a studio off to the from the main big studio, and mm. there have been a number of times I closed the door and the door opened. And the door will open by itself. I'll be sitting here, and Mac doesn't notice it because he's facing away from it. But I'm sitting facing the door, and I see it open. And, I'm, and he's talking, and I'm like, should I say something or just let it go at this and point? And you can hear it. You can hear us on the tape. You know, oh, what? So something happened? You, know, you can yeah. hear us kind of get startled a little bit. It's kind of yeah. weird. Anyway. Like nobody's there. Switching real you know, quick. One thing, I, I don't think a lot of people knew that a, a golf club was proper ghost hunting equipment. <laughs> it, is, it is now, believe me. Um, uh, switching real quick, would you have a breakfast today? World wants to know. Well, it was more of a brunch. I had uh, uh, meatloaf with mashed potatoes and gravy okay. and corn. Oh, yeah. Where'd you oh, go? I know we're talking. Where'd you go? Uh, Tudors. Tudors. Okay. Really? They have that at Tudors. Okay. All right. And you don't have yeah. to tip, right? No, 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 no tip cup. No, uh, it's amazing. you know, no, uh, you, you, t- you put your card in and there's no, okay. you know, choose your percent or whatever. Okay. You know, the, the, oh, the Hooters here, we don't have any of that. Not Hooters. It's not Hooters. <laughs> anyway, uh, that voice you hear is uh, <laughs> Willie Club, Aussie Creative Chief. Willie, how you doing? Okay. Oh, hi, Mac. Hi, gang. Hi, everyone. Yeah, okay. It's great to be here to see all these smiling faces. And I'm um, keeping an eye out for Bob from my angle. Thanks a lot. Okay. You know, forty, a good 45 miles away. <laughs> okay. If you hear it, jump in your car and come and get us, okay? If you have screams. Oh, I'm not going anywhere near that oh, place. There you go. Okay. One thing you guys might try, just, just for the heck of it, say Beetlejuice three times. Oh. No, no, no. Come on. All right. Yeah. Stop screwing around. Yeah. Anyway, also with us. we got to behave ourselves because the doctor with it. Is with us, Doctor Bob Gross. How you doing from Chicago? Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. It's terrific to be here. Okay, hey, all right. Good to see you, Doctor Bob. I suppose we should Thank clap you. him on, though. He, he's he's a semi regular, but you know, I think he feels better. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so um, uh, good to hear have you here tonight. Um, now you are working Thank on a you. book. You told me you're working on a book lately. Yes, I've been co-writing a book with uh, Cal Korf, and the title of the book is "The Roswell and Kecksburg UFO Crashes." The scientific evidence. Okay, all right, and it uh, should be coming out in a, about thirty days. And so, do you do you solve both of those famous cases? Uh yes. Really? Yeah. Okay. All it's right. Pretty much scientifically, yes. Okay. All right. I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, we should say spoiler alert. But <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. It's well, a, okay. It's, it's probably the most intense uh, Kexberg book that I've written. Really? Yeah. Huh? Now, Kexburg is an interesting case. I mean, a lot of people saw this light in the sky and a lot of people actually saw it take like a 90 degree turn and so on. Some people, you know, they said it was a meteor or whatever, but you know, what they found in the, um, in the woods looked a lot about a lot alike, a lot alike, a lot like a Soyuz spacecraft that the Russians, um, used to use kind of, um, chestnut shape. 
And, um, you know, the army came and took away real quick and left behind a lot of mysteries, a lot of men in black stuff, so on. So that should be interesting. So what's the yeah. title of the book, Dr. Bob? It's, it's the title is the Roswell and Kecksburg UFO Crashes, okay. the Scientific Evidence. All right. Well, you'll have to come on and, you know, tell us all about it when it comes out, okay? It's, it should be very interesting. Okay. Now, as in the biz, I'm going to say, um, as they say in the biz, we're going to throw it to the club. Club, let me put your... Uh, Bumper in right here. Reporting the latest in the U.S. military's new investigation into UFOs and what they still aren't telling you. It's time for the Club Report. I'm going to tell us about this latest uh, development in uh, the world of asteroids. This uh, U.S. spacecraft that was gone seven years, tells you how long it takes to get to these things, uh, collected the sample, came back. Uh, parachuted into the Utah desert successfully. Now they have, um, you know, uh, a lot of uh, bits and pieces, rock stuffs and so on from an actual asteroid that they think might hit Earth uh, sometime in the future. So what do, what do we know? Should we be excited or scared? Well, you, just, or you just told the whole thing. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Next. No, this, now we're, i got to tell you, this, this past week has really been a, a big, very successful for NASA. Two major events in their uh, asteroid research. You know, first of all, as Mac mentioned, and it's been all over the news, the, uh, the, the NASA seven years ago had sent up a flight uh, to an asteroid because they wanted to get pieces of an asteroid and bring it back to Earth so they could uh, study it to determine. They, you know, they, there's always been a, something in the, in the scientific area that felt that Pieces of uh, our beginnings came from an asteroid, mm. you know, uh, something that had uh, impacted the Earth. And so one of the reasons that NASA claimed they were uh, going on this mission was to get samples, bring them back here so they could study and to see if there's anything that lines up with, mm -hmm. you know, the beginning of life here on Earth and, and some other things. So uh, it, it was very successful. And it's amazing, you know, that things set out seven years ago in mm -hmm. uh, 2016 to uh, to go up there. Just uh, I don't think it even landed. I, the idea was that it was going to drop something down, you know, remotely uh, and, you know, dig into the ground, which it did. Stir up the dirt. And pick up some samples. Yep. And the interesting thing was they said is the, the asteroid was uh, much softer than they expected. So they were very successful in getting the... Uh, the samples there. Mm -hmm. The uh, the important thing about it is that uh, you know it now leads to uh, another event that uh, happened. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. And uh, so, anyways, what happened is they went down. They got the sample. Now they're going to share that with the scientific community mm -hmm. and uh, find out if there's anything there that that makes sense. The idea but being, then, I was just going to say real quick. The idea being is that when you say asteroids might be the uh, the um, reason for the origin of life on Earth is that they think that some of them might be they might contain amino acids and stuff like that, which are very very you know important to life you know on Earth and probably in other places of the universe too, and you know that just seems to be almost the way the universe works. You know, this kind of helter skelter random stuff. You know, an asteroid hits a planet, and you know billions of years later we have this. You know, so you know it'd be cool if they were able to you know. Kind of find stuff like that out, but go ahead, club. Sorry. Yeah, it, it, you know, and I'm, I'm a big amino acid 
person myself. Oh, is, absolutely. Me too. Especially even that. Yeah. Especially in college, I was right. But anyways, yeah, this, I took uh, amino acid back in college. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but anyways, the this uh, vehicle, yeah. this capsule was called the Isirius Rex. Okay, mm. it was the name of it. So if anyone ever asked you, it was Osirius Rex. Serious Rex. So now this phase two of this whole thing is that the Osirius Rex uh, vehicle uh, dropped off that uh, sample. Right. And then it headed back out to the asteroid Apophis on mm. a new mission. Really? Yes. Now, See, now Apophis, this... in case you don't know Greek. It is stands for evil. It stands for something evil. So oh, I don't like that. That right away tells you that. Yep. Uh, that's one's going to hit us. An evil uh, uh, asteroid. It's a different asteroid than they just mm -hmm. came. Yeah, from. What's it going to do? Pick up samples again? Do the whole thing all over again? Yeah. Well, you know, there's. I'm questioning some of the motivation for that. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they're not being very open about what it's going to do. Exactly what the mission is. See, that's um, bad, man. In case you know anything about, and you know my studies on asteroids. Go ahead. Apophis is one of the the uh, asteroids that we have been fearing would be impacting the Earth for years. They've been watching this. It it gets close to the Earth every I don't know fifty or something years, mm -hmm. and the next time it's going to get about twenty thousand miles near the earth Rich, wow that's 20, close that's close that's very close yeah and in yep. fact the, when they studied it back about 20 years ago that was the one they identified as the asteroid that probably has the strongest chance of hitting the earth asteroid most likely and causing damage yeah and uh <sighs> The thought was that that was going to be, I believe, in 2026. So so this thing and, is going to that asteroid, and they're being tight-lipped about what it's going to do there? Well, they, they, what they're saying is, you know, similar to the other asteroid, you know, they're looking at uh, different uh, pieces. They'll probably take back samples. Mm -hmm. But I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reading something else into that. Yeah, um, that's a first weird. of all, uh, you know, as I mentioned, they originally thought that that was going to be the uh, – something was going to hit the Earth. Mm. In the next 20 years. Now, they've backed off that a few years ago mm -hmm. and said, no, nah, you know, now nah, we don't see it as being a real threat like we first thought. Oh, I like that. Probably man. not for another 100 years. Yeah. But, what, what, yes, what bothers me is this, is that they usually crow like crazy, go overboard on what some of these things do and going to do. And I, that's pretty spectacular. I mean, think of it. You shoot this thing out seven years ago. It goes up there, collects the samples, drops them on Earth successfully, and then it goes out. For another mission, I mean that's that's money well spent. That's amazing in a way, yeah. but not to yeah, tell just, you again. It's the motivation that is yeah. bothering yeah. me now. This Apophis, just so you know, it's it's uh, it's about eleven hundred feet. What mm -hmm. it weighs one hundred and thirty-four billion pounds. Billion pounds. Okay, so, yeah, not a problem. Uh, it's estimated <laughs> that if that has an impact on the Earth, it will not be as great as the uh, dinosaur hit, but it will be like. The size of all our nuclear arsenal going on together. So it's going to wreck our day. It's it, the, the cable. So, how, do they, how do they weigh it? The cable. How do they know what it weighs? Cable will Well, it, you know, I'm I'm not a physicist, so I really don't know. But you right. know, how do how do you weigh certain things from a distance? You know, by yeah, they have ways. diameter yeah. and, and depth or something. But but anyways, the wow. important thing now that I want to emphasize, we're really going to look forward to see what this brings back. But we got to wait another seven years. That's amazing. Oh, for that one, yeah. Yeah, so, so we got the, the sample really from the know. current one. Yeah, they got the sample. But this thing now, um, the, the, when they looked mm. at it recently, then they said, oh, maybe it could have a real good chance of hitting us in 2069. Okay. 
All and right. then all of a sudden they backed <laughs> off that. So now I say about 100 years. But the bottom line is that this is eventually going to impact the earth. Nobody in the scientific community argues that. It's just a matter of when. And like I say, it, it's swinging out there at 20,000 miles up there. And for some reason they say, oh, it's shifted, gravity shifted it a bit. And, yeah. But as we all know, gravity is not something that's real predictable, mm. Predic particularly now with the climate change and all, all that. It's affecting the atmosphere everywhere. Some kind, there's a connection. So all I'm saying is, and is, as I've warned you folks in the past, um, there's some real uh, scary things going on with asteroids up there. Our government is spending all this money. Again, another example that, you know, they're putting their money where their mouth is. Yes. So I'm concerned. They're putting our that, money where their mouth is. Well, it's in time. You yeah, know what I mean? I'm concerned about this one up there now, Poffus, that it, maybe they, they're not going to tell us that maybe it is going to hit us in 20 or 30 years. Even in uh, 40 years, you know, that's hmm. 46 years. That's a lot okay. of people are still going to be around here. But, well, you know, so, I've always anyways, wanted beachfront you know, property. So. I'm just alerting everyone to keep <laughs> an ear out. On all these things that maybe you'll hit the doing, other side of the earth. You know, downplay what the purpose is. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so if they're sending the helmets on, if they're being tight-lipped about sending a spacecraft to an asteroid that, that, that translates into evil, <laughs> and they're not really yeah. uh, telling us what it's about, it's, and this is the one most likely to hit us, then I'm a little, you know, suspicious. Really, let's face it. Is that the uh, asteroid that's coming in underneath the satellites? It's even coming in lower than the satellites? Yeah, yes, it's only 20,000 uh, oh, yeah, yeah. miles up. Okay. That's dangerous wow, itself. Wow, well, wow. It, they call it a flyby. So every yeah, time flyby, it comes right. up there, we have a flyby. Yeah. Also and, and the concern is that one of these flybys is going to get... Turned into a drive-by. In so it's just, it sounds like nobody's denying that it's, <laughs> it's just a matter of time. It's switching. So, uh, so anyways, we'd... I just wanted to alert you to that. Uh, Thank you. And I'm trying we, not to Can we be bump negative. it out of the way? Dr. Doom. trying to give you you know, information, but I it, wish I could be more positive. It's, it's, you can, you can, um, the first DOT mission of last year, or earlier this year, mm -hmm. they did prove that it took a long time to get up to this kind of meandering asteroid. They did prove that they could alter its trajectory, oh, yeah. okay, um, by just kind of hitting it, like hitting a pool ball is going to, you know, right. but. It was a very you small asteroid. It by what six inches or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, move, it moved it. You know, but how you move something that's you know eleven 1, hundred feet and you know zillion billion pounds, I don't know. But listen, before we end the segment, switch. I want to go right to you really quick. Thank you, Club, for that. Let's let's clap for Club. We don't clap for Club enough, and that's what his text says. Man. Yeah, Club. Thanks for bumming us out about the dangers of all those. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh -huh. Switch. Uh, you have something coming up. Could you please explain to us, uh, is the Van Meter uh, conference, you're going to be the MC? Tell us what happened at Van Meter. It sounds like the name of a game show host, frankly. What happened to me? Can I turn on your microphone there, Switchy? Switchy, Mike, 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 Switchy, we're waving to him frantically. There yes, I was. Uh, there you go. Let me I start was again. earlier, and I, I assumed that you wouldn't want to hear that. Okay, so. well, you never know. So listen, let, let me just start again, okay? So Switchy, yeah, you have a um, conference coming up called the Van Meter Conference. You're going to be the MC. Tell us what's the, happening there. Van right? Meter Visitor Festival. Okay. Uh, and what, I, is, what is Van Meter anyway? As I said before, to no laughs, it sounds like a talk show host, game show host, or, Van Meter. Or a rock band. And with Van Wait. Meter. Yeah, go ahead. All right. It, it started with a book written yeah. by Chad Lewis, Noah Voss, and Kevin Nelson. They uncovered this interesting piece of, call it folklore, call it history, from 1903 in Van Meter, Iowa. Van Meter is just west of Des Moines. 
and uh, they call it the week of terror. The last weekend in September, they, uh, the townspeople started seeing this sort of a, a pterodactyl-like creature in town. It had some very, very strange properties. It had a, a, a beak and a horn, and on the end of the horn, it seemed like it had a, a light uh, that would just uh, it was giving off its own light somehow. In fact, one of the early sightings of this thing, it was moving along the top of a building, and they thought it was a burglar with a flashlight. And uh, so as time went on, now one of the, one of the things when I when I met uh, Chad Lewis and uh, Kevin Nelson, the first thing I asked them, I said, well, was could this have been a some kind of a stunt put on by some of the townspeople? And they said it, it seemed unlikely because so many prominent citizens saw this thing, including a bank manager. He was actually worried about uh, because of the uh, the the rumors about uh, there being a burglar or whatever. He went and stayed the night at the bank. And then he saw this creature outside the window and took a shot at it with a shotgun. Uh, there was yeah. another another person that, uh, uh, and, and, and this is, I always say here, insert your own joke. Uh, he was looking at it through a second story window and uh, it he, he saw this thing and it kind of exuded or gave off some kind of vapor. Again, insert your own joke here. But what <laughs> happened as a result was he had missing time. So here you have this creature that's, that's generating its own light somehow, and also creating missing time. Uh, again, I'm you know I'm going to raise the specter of John Keel. John Keel thought that uh, he wasn't so interested in the manifestations anymore, whether it was a craft or whether whether it was a creature. He was more interested in the cosmic mechanism behind it. And one wonders if if this was uh, the Van Meter visitor with just some kind of a manifestation, although it also acted very much like a flesh and blood creature. One guy saw it sitting on top of a telephone pole and it climbed down the pole using its beak in the same way you'll see a parrot do mm. it in, in a cage. Wow. So and then when it when it went to take off. It was running and flapping its wings and flapping its wings and took took a while to get enough airspeed to, to actually get up and take off. Did more than uh, one? Uh... It was uh, the last time they saw it was near the old mines. Uh, Chad Lewis takes you on a walking tour of the week week of terror, <laughs> and uh, you tell, it describes you know what what all the buildings used to be and all the different incidents. Yes, and yes. it has grown from a from a kind of a humble festival to a much bigger festival. And it's uh, it's uh, it's really really great. Uh, a lot of great people there. And uh, uh, it's I've been going there for years now. I, I have spoken there a few times as well. And mm -hmm. uh, we've got a, another another good list of speakers. And uh, people just always have a good time at the Van Meter Visitor Festival. Okay. And you're on the MC, right? MC. That's right. Yep. MC Switchy. I love it. Listen. Yeah, you, you were there last year too, right, Switchy? Yes. Oh. As the MC. All right, Switchy. Wow. You know, let's clap for Switchy because now I'm going to yeah. get letters from him because <laughs> – that, that, that sounds a little game. louder than clubs clapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. there we go. I'm, not, I'm just, you know, not much. Yeah, I, I don't need <laughs> clapping. I can tell by the now way listen. people look at me. Are you saying you already have the what I talk about. <laughs> well, so then, you we'll... need reinforcement. I don't. No, listen, listen. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Wait. So you're saying you already have the clap. No, <laughs> listen. Oh, 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 years ago. Oh, oh years ago. <laughs> years ago without a, missing a beat. On that note, um, <laughs> why don't we take a... Uh, Quick commercial break now. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks. I shall hear on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. 
Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft, or is someone, or something, looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Tracks our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, what show we have for you tonight? Very quickly, the members of the posse include the very famous Juan Juan Money. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Oh, it's been a fun show so far, Mac. Glad you, to be here, by the way. Have you had fish and chips lately? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Had some awesome fish and chips in one of the most uh, haunted uh, restaurants in the UK. Cool. <laughs> Can't beat that. Uh, it, it's, it's in the heart of the smuggler territory. Did you tip? <laughs> Did you tip? I do. Yeah, I do. Okay, that place. Okay, okay, that's a good idea. If they can put up with it, <clears throat> they're worth the extra money. Also with us is our national correspondent down there in West Virginia, Switchblade, Steve Wood. Switchy, how you doing? I am beyond wonderful. Great to be here tonight. Good to hear also, our security chief is with us, Willie Club. Willie. Well, Mac, I'm I'm not beyond wonderful, but I'm I'm really yeah. uh, feeling pretty good tonight. <laughs> good to hear. And I feel like again, I'm you know picking up some more information that. Things I didn't know before, so. That's what it's about. Yeah, and, you know, that's a lot for me. I feel like a sponge tonight. Oh, good, okay. There's a joke in there somewhere? Yeah, I feel like a sponge cake. It's only a two-hour show. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, also in the studio with us tonight is uh, uh, <laughs> a UFO mechanic, Aaron Arnold, also a getaway driver, also a ghost hunter, volunteer ghost hunter, just about 20 minutes Hello, ago. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. Uh, and also... Our good friend, Dr. Bob Gross, out there in Chicago, toddling as ever. Hello, boys and girls. How, how are you? <laughs> Dr. Bob, what's happening? Oh, weather's changing a bit now. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it? It's, back it's and not forth. raining as much as it did uh, the other uh, day. It rained all morning today so far. Well, well you should be used to it. You're, you're the London of, yeah. of America. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> also with us, we have to behave ourselves, is uh, Stephanie McNeil. She is uh, of the um, highly spiritual podcast. Highly spiritual. Highly spirited podcast. Oh, oh, spiritual. Why am I saying that? Okay, let me start again. (laughs) Also with us. Wow. We're eating almonds tonight. Maybe that wasn't a good idea. Yeah, well, you know. It has some kind of effect on us. Uh, Also joining us tonight, 
We're having a lot of problems. I mean, just to be fair about it, we're having a lot of problems here tonight, technical-wise, with the wires and stuff. Uh-oh. And seeing ghosts is just, you know, part of it. Also joining us tonight is uh, Stephanie McNew from the Highly Spirited Podcast. Is that correct, Stephanie? It is. Hi, right. guys. Thanks let's, for having me. Let's clap for me, okay, please, if you don't mind. Thank you. Happy to be here. Stephanie, where are you in the country? Um. Indianapolis, Indiana. Really? Right in the middle, huh? Hmm. Right in the smack tab middle. <laughs> You're not a Colts fan, are you? Are you a Colts fan? Um, I'm married to one, oh. but I'm more of a New Orleans fan. Like, New Orleans what? is, like, near, oh. near to my heart, so I'm still rooting for them. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's right. So, hey, they'll come back someday. You know, they'll be all right. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, so, so you uh, have a podcast, and um, you talk about – tell us. Yeah, so – in my podcast, I pair cocktails with ghost stories. So I've always liked cocktails, right? But I wanted to know the history of them. So I do deep dives on like, where the hell did this come from? Why is it called this? And because I want to know, because there's some funny cocktails out there. So I do the history of them. Yes. Then I go to break and then I tell a ghost story. If they're from the same area, I try to pair them together. Like this cocktail came from New England. So I want to do a New England ghost story where this one came from Savannah. So I'm doing a Savannah cocktail too. So I try to pair things together where they make sense, but it's always a cocktail and a ghost story or multiple ghost stories. If they're short ones. Okay. Hang on a second. Okay. I just want to make sure you're saying cocktails, right? As in drinks and so on. Yeah. As in a drink. Okay. Where have you been all our lives? So, so, (laughs) so, so, so you can actually match a cocktail to a certain ghost story. Is that what we're saying? You can ma- – wow, yeah, that is cool. that's what I try to do. So, hmm. what kind yeah, because t- a lot of cocktails, they say, oh, it was invented here in like 18-whatever okay. or 19-something. So there's always a history behind a lot of them. Yep. They had to be invented somewhere. So I try to find a ghost story that was also How from that a, same place. What's the ghost story behind mm-hmm. them? Like a shot of Jack, for instance. <laughs> so that one I like have quick and not bloody. done, but I did do a Jack and Coke, which of course Jack and Coke. started in Tennessee. So oh. I paired it with the Bell Witch. I think a oh. lot of people are aware of the Bell Witch, an iconic ghost story. Okay. So if I can't do the city specifically, I will do the state okay. if I can. How about Boston? There must be a lot of. I haven't done Boston yet, honestly. <laughs> Too many to, to pick from. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Mac. I found one that uh, I got to jump on. Right. Uh, maybe tomorrow, or maybe tonight when the show's over. It's the Tequila Sunrise in Haunted Arizona. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So the Tequila Sunrise is interesting because it was a favorite of Mick Jagger, and he kind of brought life to it during one of their U.S. tours. In the really? 70s. Yeah. Huh. You think the there Eagles or someone did it? You know. The, the, Eagle, the Eagles weren't involved in this one either, were they or not? No. Slightly. They, it was also a favorite of theirs. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, it's a favorite of all of us, as it turns out. Yeah, it's so, a good one. <laughs> so, wow, that's that's interesting. So, so yeah. on the on the podcast, you say tonight we're going to be talking about this ghost story in uh, Fort Lauderdale, and you should be having a uh, you um, know Miami Minosa or something with it, right? You, yeah, so that's exactly it. So I'll share yeah. History and I'll even do a recipe. So if you want to make it while I go to break, you can have it while I'm telling a ghost story. Wow! And by the how how long is your podcast? An hour? Two hours? Um, it varies. So I try to shoot for an easy thirty minutes. Okay. Some are shorter, some are longer, depending on the subject matter. So so is everyone kind of shit faced at the end of it, as the kids say? <laughs> <laughs> so the problem is sometimes I get that way because I'm like, why shouldn't I have one too? So, okay. you know. 
Yeah. So we've known to see ghosts after we've had a few. Oh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So, so, you, but you're into ghosts, right? You're into ghosts, right? I am. Yeah. So really into them. I think that I've seen a couple in my lifetime. So yes. yeah, if it's haunted or spooky, I definitely want to visit it. I want to see it. Okay. I'm not so into ghost hunting with the equipment, but I want to go and somebody say, hey, so-and-so lived here. Here's what happened to them. That's why we think their spirit's still okay. here. Have so you, I like the story behind things have you more heard so the, than the scientific parts. I'm sorry. Have you heard the story about the ghost in our radio station where we are right now? Did they, were we talking okay. about it off here? No, okay. can you tell me? Okay, so, and this just happened like about 20 minutes ago. Stuff always happens. We're in a radio station. I think I explained this. Hopefully it's off here. We're in a radio station that is in a house that looks like any other house in the suburban part of Exeter, New Hampshire. Okay? You wouldn't know a radio station was here until you see the big tower up there. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, it, it, the guy who was the engineer here lived next door to the place for 30 years, that's all he did. He walked 20 feet and he was at work and he was just like this great engineer, you know, gave his sweat, blood, sweat and tears to the place and he, and he died here. And he died here. So oh, wow. we, uh, you know. He died in the building, right? Died in the building. Yeah. Uh, I think downstairs. And um, mm-hmm. um, an office downstairs. When we moved, we were at another radio station. We moved up here uh, in, I think it was 2017. It must have been, right? I can't remember back that far. We would see stuff, you know. They were doing the place over. We, you know, stuff. We talked bad about Bob the Ghost. And the lights would go out, and Juan uh, Juan <laughs> saw someone walking through once. And what's really creepy is that the front door. If you come in the front door, you hear a bell ring, you know. And sometimes we'll hear people in the building. We don't hear the bell ring. Sometimes we hear the bell ring, and Ooh. no one's here. Okay, so yeah, that's why we can't walk. have the bell not ring when you open that door. It just uh... right. Right, it's as simple as that. And we've searched this place many, many times, and and Al and I just searched it again, really about a half hour ago, because you know he saw a shadow in the hall. So we got to pull everything to a halt and go around with our golf clubs, you know, looking for people. Yeah, yeah, we're, so we're the only two people. We're the only supposed to be in here. Yeah, we're the only two ghost hunting equipment you use. Yes, yeah, golf club and a fake yeah. knife. Was it? A, was it a wood? <laughs> That's inappropriate. <laughs> I don't know anything about golf, but I know one of them is called a wood. <laughs> so, uh, Stephanie, how long have you been doing this? Um, so I started this about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I've always been interested in it, but it was like, let's actually do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think April of last year I started. Right. And and do you know uh, uh, the uh, skew of your audience? And you know what your audience, um, yeah, what's the, what's the, I'm not trying to say it. You know what I mean. I mean, is it is it mostly, let's say, women in their 40s or whatever? It kind, it kind of is. So a lot of women, and then Nailed there's it. men that surprise me. They're guys that are not like, they'd be like, I'll get a message on Instagram and be like, hey, I listened today. It was great. And like, you don't take me for the kind of person that cares about cocktails or ghosts, but thank you for listening. Oh, that's so, cool. That's some, really cool. Some surprise me, but yeah, lots of like middle-aged women are kind of the audience I have. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's great. And what's, is it weekly? Yeah, weekly. Every Friday comes out Fridays at midnight. Oh, that's or at midnight. Okay, that's nice. So, so, when did you, um, uh, yeah, when did you become interested in ghosts as a as a kid or something? Did you see one as a kid? Or? Yeah, as a kid. So we lived in this farmhouse. It was a rental my parents moved into. Beautiful house, great property, great place to grow up. I swore it was haunted. So since I've been nine years old, I've been like, ghosts exist. I've seen them mm. my whole life, mm-hmm. almost my whole life at this point. So, what do you think they are? 
I think I think they're just spirits. I think they're energy. Because some, I think, they're just people that never left. They got confused. Maybe they don't know that they should have left. Mm-hmm. Others, I think, are residual energy, especially if it's a battlefield or something traumatic. I just think that energy replays a lot sometimes. Mm-hmm. You mean it stays around, like residual? Yeah. Yep, it just never left. It's still because there. It, it does and seem sometimes are, are, are they friendly? Yeah. Are they, are they yeah. friendly? And- Some, I mean, yeah. I think yeah, I think what they were in life, they probably are in the afterlife, too. Wow. So if they were like this hateful, evil person, they're probably not a nice ghost. If they were, hmm. you know, normal, easygoing, probably an okay ghost. Well, that's a good way to explain it. Yeah, I never hmm. thought of it that way. But but why do why do you think, I mean, there's, and there's no way of knowing, but why do you think that some get confused and some don't? Yeah, personally, I think it's an acceptance thing. You know, like some, I just think I didn't die. I don't know I died. They just, mm-hmm. it never clicked that they should have crossed over. So mm-hmm. they just haven't. So they're just here, not knowing they're gone. And like, say if it's an old house, they're probably like, why are these people moving into my house? It's still my house. Yeah, so that's yeah. why they're making a racket, knocking things off the shelves. Like, why are you in my house? <laughs> See, that's what, that's what's funny is like, it's almost like two kinds or two main kinds. First of all, is like you've seen, I've seen videos of stuff flying around houses and kitchens and stuff, man. It's really weird. And, and you would say, no way they're faking this. There's just no way they're faking it. Anyways, that. But then when you go to these battlefields, as Switchy once said on the show, oh, yeah. it looks like, it looks like a, a piece of film that's caught in a loop. You know what I yes. mean? And 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 I can almost see. Well, there's something. Who knows what it is? You know, between dimensions. Who knows what it is? But it's almost like they're, they're caught there. You really get that idea that they're caught there, other than the person throwing stuff around in a haunted house. You know, so there's got to be different kinds of different kinds of you know hauntings, whatever ghosts, whatever. Like like are you saying like residual and imprints as opposed to yeah. maybe something more conscious? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, funny. But remember, we, we we talked about uh, you know uh, Roman soldiers seen in in. Uh, people doing renovation on buildings in England somewhere mm-hmm. and they see a troop of Roman soldiers walk by and they're where they're walking. Isn't necessarily the, the actual floor level. Yeah, they yeah. might be higher or lower, but it's where but they I, were. I, I have a question for, for Stephanie ahead, on, that, on that line. Uh, if uh, do you, do you accept that there are probably some hauntings that are merely imprints? They're not really conscious, conscious hauntings for whatever reason people die and, and leave some kind of energy behind that kind of repeats itself. Yeah, I do. And I think, I would almost call them a time loop, like they're stuck and they might not, they don't consciously know they're stuck. It just replays. Like you said, it's like a film. It's like rewatching the same thing over and over again. I definitely think that's a type of haunting that we see pretty often, but I think it, it's more where there, there was trauma, like a battlefield is a great example. It is. Uh, in some cases, do you think their soul or essence has moved on, but for some reason they still leave some kind of an imprint on, on the, uh, atmosphere somehow that repeats itself but it's not really them yeah i do especially when it's like that i think those souls have moved on to wherever they were going but there was just so much energy there right like it was a battle or it was a train wreck there was so much energy there that energy just hasn't dissipated or gone somewhere else one one thing i wonder is that if, if if occasionally somebody leaves an imprint behind and when we think of the tradition of Tulpas, the uh, the Slenderman phenomena that was supposed to have been created out of the internet. Yes. Now, I wonder if any of those those uh, imprints can somehow become interactive sometimes, as if they are that person, but their actual soul or essence has moved on. I, I you know, there's no way to prove or disprove that, but I just wonder if sometimes we're not really dealing with a conscious haunting; we're dealing with something that has sort of evolved from an imprint. 
Yeah, like it's something that manifests into something else. Because it's funny you brought up Slender Man. I was watching something the other day. Don't remember if it was YouTube or TikTok. But Slender Man isn't a new phenomenon. Like we thought it was born of the internet, like 2012. Reports of that thing have been around since the 1800s. It just kind of became a new phenomenon in like this millennia for whatever reason. But I do, you know, it could have been around forever. Listen, that creeps me out. That of of all these weird things floating (laughs) around out there. And Raven, too bad she's not on tonight because she really knows a lot about these different weird paintings and really crazy stuff, you know. Yeah, but Slenderman makes Bob look nice and cuddly. Yeah, Slenderman is a very, very <laughs> just a creepy. I had some interesting poltergeist activity when I was in New Mexico. Oh. At the uh, it was called the Double Eagle oh. Hotel really? in Old Mesilla, New Mexico. Okay, go ahead. And, go ahead. And it was uh, I'll make the story really short, but oh, I was there for us. a meeting. Yes, and it's it's an old revamped hotel. Where like Billy the Kid and those people used to hang out. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's called the Double Eagle Hotel in Old Mesilla, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I was leaving the get together that we had. Uh, this is after we had seen a, uh, a a ghost in the mirror in the dining room. Okay, we'd seen that. Mm-hmm. I was in the. What, what did it look like? It was just a a flash of like it was like a, a grayish white, almost like a like you'd see a sheet. It was in yes. that mirror, you know, and several of us saw it appear and disappear. Yeah. In that it was a huge mirror. But when we were I was leaving and I went to use the restroom, and the, the the restroom had all these old furnishings in it and an old sink and an old uh uh paper, you know, that wasn't a paper towel, but it was like a cloth towel dryer on the wall and so forth. So I went in and uh, to, again to make a long short story short, uh I'd use the urinal and I, I was washing my hands in the sink and then another man, he was in the, in the stall and he had come out right. and he was waiting to use the sink. Okay. And I was washing my hands and I was standing right, ready to reach out. You know how they have those big towels that right. come out of those old. Yes. With a crank. Yes. And yes. I went to crank and they cranked itself out <laughs> two towels for me. I never even touched them. <laughs> And the the guy that was waiting for the towels, he wiped his hands on his pants and ran Get out, out of there. Yeah. Okay. Of the well, How about that? A, a thoughtful ghost. Yeah. What, the, yeah. what, what was the ghost <laughs> trying to tell you? Wow, that's crazy. But see, this, that's a weird thing, though. Why would they hang around old places? You know what I mean, Stephanie? Why? I mean, are there haunted condominiums? That'd be a great name for a book, the haunted condominium. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there is, um, I forget its real name, the Corn Cob Towers in Chicago. They're not uh-huh. old, old by any means. They're not even a hundred years old. Those are very haunted. What's it, what is it called again, Stephanie? The Corn Cob Towers. They have a real name. It's something Marina. They're on the Chicago oh, yeah, River. Right did, did people oh, die in there? <laughs> is, is there a reason for for the haunt? Like there was death there, or there was uh, lots of deaths, lots of suicides, evil. just lots of general bad luck since yeah, those yeah. things were built. Yeah, just, funny. Funny. Yeah. There's a place in, um, well, there's the uh, Danvers State Hospital, which we talk about re- probably too much here, but there's a oh, place man. near there. I think it's called PBD Meadows or something. It's just one of these things along uh, one of the main routes coming out of Boston, 128. And, you know, it's just a thousand apartments in seven or eight buildings. And I think that there's been, I don't know, maybe up to 10 people have been killed there over the years oh, working man. on the place. 
they had a fire there once. Do you remember this club? They had a fire with the in the. They say it started in a pile of leaves and it wiped out like half of the oh, uh, half no, of the place. And none of the people had had insurance yet, and it was like really a mess. Man, it just seems this place, you know, kind of cursed in a way, you know. But you know, the Honda condominium—that's cool. Hey, listen, why don't we do this, Stephanie? Can you hang around with us for a while? Yeah, of course. Okay, all right. Why don't we take a quick break now, and we'll be right back after this. We'll calm down, regroup. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. Hawk Hunter, the wingman, has finally rid the world of its worst ever supervillain, Victor Robotov. But in Mac Maloney's latest book, War of Dragons, we learn the maniacal terrorist ghost still haunts our battered, devastated planet. In War of Dragons, book 22 in Mac's best-selling wingman series, Hawk and his united American allies uncover Victor's bizarre plot from beyond the grave. The super terrorist hit six nuclear bombs around the Mediterranean before he died, knowing their detonation will empty out the Great Sea and cause a worldwide catastrophe. Guarding these weapons of mass destruction, he's left behind a family of ferocious air dragons, eternal aerial sentinels that will stop at nothing to protect their late master's unthinkable secrets. Sailing aboard their gigantic aircraft carrier, the USS USA, Hawk and the United Americans must battle their way across the Mediterranean, slaying these dragons in hopes of beating Victor's allies to the nuke's secret locations before time runs up. If not, then the world will face a very nasty, very watery Armageddon. It's Game of Thrones meets Top Gun in Wingman 22, War of Dragons by Mac Maloney. On sale now on Amazon. Everyone, Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac and Roni. Well, what a show we have for you tonight. Very quickly, the co-conspirators, girls. You see, one one across the planet. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's been a fun, wacky show tonight. It's been uh, wacky. Wacky is the uh, exact word for it. Uh, speaking of wacky, down there in uh, West Virginia is uh, national correspondent Switchblade Steve Wood. Great to be here tonight, Mac. What's your meatloaf today? Is that what you said you had? I had uh, for brunch. I had meatloaf with mashed potatoes and gravy and corn. Yeah, nice. Okay. And and they gave me a, a huge biscuit, which which I didn't mm. eat. I took it home. Yes. Uh, it's in the refrigerator. I had to have a couple neighbors help me carry it in because it's so really? big. It's that big, but, huh? Uh, <laughs> and it's the, it. the size of a rock of Gibraltar. <laughs> oh. Biscuits they make there. I love food. And, and, you know that I got to go to that place. Thing about the army song, the, the biscuits in the army, they say they're mighty fine. Okay. One rolled yep. off the table and killed a pal of mine. No, wait a minute. You don't, if this thing hits the floor, you want to be out of the way. Okay. <laughs> Maybe a cat will be passing underneath. Wouldn't that be ironic? <laughs> anyway, also is uh, with us is our security chief, Willie Club, WC. Hey, Mac. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. Mm-hmm. It's tough sometimes following Switch, you know. When is it really? Yep. I just can't keep up with him. He's yeah. got so much going on in his life. That's <laughs> So far, I just... I, I, I'm so impressed. I, I just that's what that's the closed captions for. Van meter. I mean, wow! <laughs> I'm breakfast and and you know. B to V. What kind of junk food so do I you have? I look forward to this. This is my night out. You know. And, yes, uh, so. but you usually have a basket of junk food near you. Do you have anything I tonight do. to tease yeah, us right. with? Let's see. Got any Twinkies tonight? Watch this. Here we go. 
What's he got? Ooh, oh, oh I table love talk. Those. Table talk oh, I used to love that stuff. Yeah. Those are made within uh, 20 miles of here. Yeah, right. yeah, they're still oh, around. That's good. good to know. Uh, also, well, thank you very much. Now I'm starving like crazy. And, and oh, well, oh, I love those cookies. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, yeah those are good. Wow, huh? How, uh, how does he, you know? You got me going. Oh, jeez. Oh, I need some salt. I'm having a party tonight. So yeah, I just okay. want to show you what I got for Sounds my good. <laughs> and you got your doctor's number on speed dial, right? Well, we just happened to have a doctor with us, Dr. Bob yes. Gross. How are you doing? Send me one of those Cheez-Its. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do. Okay, look good. Dr. Bob out there in Chicago and also joining us from Indianapolis-ish is uh, Stephanie McNew of Spirited, Highly Spirited Podcast, right? Yep. Okay. Hi guys. And you came up with a brilliant idea of matching ghosts with cocktails, right? Yeah, I don't know how brilliant it is, but it entertains me, and I'm hoping it's entertaining other people. So. I think it's genius. You can. Wow, that's cool. So basically, what you do is that, that if you're uh, let's say you haven't done Boston yet, good luck when you do that. But you know, if you're in LA, here's the and you're interested in this ghost. This is the cocktail that goes with this haunting or whatever, right? Yeah, and I've done well. I did part of LA. I did Haunted Hollywood, and there's a there's actually a Marilyn Monroe cocktail. So that oh. one I have done. What is the Marilyn yeah, Monroe? It's a St. Patrick's cocktail. You'll have to go to the website and look for that one. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. Sounds what good. is the Marilyn Monroe cocktail? Do you remember? That's not a shot of Jack, uh, is it? Gosh, I don't remember. I can look it up while we guys Trouble. You don't have to wait for me. To look it up. I don't remember what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised. You know. What it was. But you'll you'll have to was. check out the uh, the old word in, in Lowell, Mass. Did I introduce Al Ronaldo, getaway driver, <laughs> ghost hunter? Doesn't matter. Sorry. The old word is where uh, Jack Kerouac used to drink, and uh, Lowell, yeah. Mass. Edgar Allan Poe was supposed to have uh, penned part of the Raven while sitting at the bar at the old word. Wow. So it's a very old uh, bar in Lowell, Mass. It's a dump. It's a, well, they've really redone it these days. <laughs> really? yeah, back when I was a kid, you could go in there and get a hot dog boiled in beer for 25 cents. Yeah. yeah. And draft beers were about a quarter. Mass Lowell area? Yeah, so, yes. It's um, in Lowell. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, yeah. you know, it's the old Worthen was slated to be torn down until someone figured out it had historical, uh, you know, significance. You know, <laughs> yes. Past. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, in, in showed uh, Edgar Allan Poe and Jack Kerouac and some other people that were yeah. pretty famous. So, Maybe um, Poe has a drink. Did they tip? You know, never more. Yeah, in Baltimore, yeah. right? Yeah, so I would love to do him. I'm a big fan of him. Um, him in Baltimore, maybe, if I can find a cocktail that intertwines. It's definitely stories I want to do. There's a, there's this, and this actually happens every year on his, either his birthday or the day he died. Someone lays a bouquet of roses, I think yellow roses, at his gravestone in in the cemetery, which I think is right in the middle of Baltimore, and yes. no one has ever like caught this person or chased them or, or anything. It's like really weird, but it's been going on for obviously it's being passed down because it's been going on yeah. for a very very long time. You know, he's a weird dude, man. Edgar Allan Poe yeah, is a very there's more weirdness guy. to add to the weirdness he lived. So yeah. I, I like that this happens. I wish they knew who it was, but yeah, yeah. that's kind of the fun part of the mystery is no one knows. Yeah, well, see, you would think these days that you know some you know tabloid news channel would tackle a person or something. You know, There'd be but, a camera somewhere. Just we know <laughs> they know the day is coming. Let's set up a camera or something yeah. at the very least. But yeah, for one thing. They, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so listen. What we're going to do this segment is uh, you know we. What do you think of UFOs, are, Stephanie? So I do believe in UFOs, and I definitely think there's other creatures out there in other galaxies, other planets. Mm -hmm. um, 
I do think that they are like extraterrestrials and they're visiting. They want to meet us. I, yeah, I definitely think UFOs are out there. Do you think I don't aliens? Know if they want to meet us. I think they're curious about us, think... or that they see that we're a hot mess and they're like, "Hell no, we're going to turn around and leave." I well, don't that'd know. be another <laughs> thing too. It'd be like the it'd be like the town on the thruway you don't get off at. But do you think that yeah. they have ghosts? Do you, do <laughs> like think... not that XA. Keep going. <laughs> do you think that aliens have ghosts? I mean, they must. Why would it be just us, right? Yeah, I mean, I think if they're like energetic beings with souls, then yeah, why wouldn't they have yeah. ghosts? Well, that'd be crazy. So anyway, so lately what's happened is uh, that NASA, as um, someone said before, one said before, all of a sudden NASA is everywhere. And one of the things yep. that they're doing is they've put together this committee finally to look into uh, UFO cases, okay, sightings and so on. And when it, when it first came out, I remember we commented on the show about it, saying, well, what are they going to do? They're going to look at stuff that isn't top secret, isn't classified and so on. But now it turns out, you know, and, I, and you always follow the money. That they got a bunch of money, and now they're going to turn into take to um, artificial intelligence to literally sweep the sky and identify everything around the planet. I guess I don't know. So, Bob, how's that for tease? Yeah, that's great. Thank you. It's it's a wild night, I'll tell you here with the, <laughs> yes. the show. It was basically we started out with a, a presentation on NASA. Yes. Oh, did you we know? already do that? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. But but you but you 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 are really kind of uh, involved in it, right? Yes. Well, actually, I started out my you know professional career as a professional, like classically trained musician. Yes. Okay. But then when it was, uh, I started like in 1980. You know, NASA is NASA. I'm sorry, it's NASA. It is a government agency, a federal government agency. Mm-hmm. And then in, in 1980, I first started working at the Penn State Center for Acoustics. And that's when I was introduced to the space shuttle. And they were that team that I was working with was working on problems at the space shuttle, NASA's space shuttle back then. Yep. Okay, sure. And then Yes, go ahead. So I, I sort of had like an you know, a liking for them back then at that time. And then back in nineteen ninety-two is when I became actually a government agent and I was working on something called the transdisciplinary technology team. Okay. So NASA at times was involved in that. And then I started also, you know, working with the Ohio Department of Education. And then I started working in Washington, D.C., what was called a, um, it was a, not a, a, it was called a dual agent, not a double agent. I wasn't a spy or anything. Okay, like go that. ahead. Yes. And then I was working in Oklahoma City with the National Science Foundation. So I got a, had a lot of things going on with NASA in the past, including in 2006 and 2007. I was helping them select astronauts for their Ares uh, Space Directorate, yes. which was the Astro Materials Research and Exploration Science. And weren't they so, going to uh, – they were going to select Native Americans, right, in the, to that yes. astronaut call? Yeah, they, that's, that's why they uh, – that's where they were shooting for because because Native Americans – thought differently and they NASA already knew at that time when they started getting to Mars right. that people that had education in the uh, typical Western culture were yeah. not going to be able to handle what they said that they were going to find when they got to Mars. Yeah, maybe like, uh, yeah, like being the pioneers, but like way, way worse. Yeah. Or yeah, just anything. Cause you know, sound is different now they're finding yes. out. And now I think they've probably found out that there was life on Mars at one time. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's just by the way they're acting and bringing back uh, some of their old programs. Mm-hmm. Okay. But go then, ahead. Go ahead. Please. So I, I had had some experience with, uh, 
NASA for quite a few you know, years. Then um, recently, NASA brought together 16 outside experts, okay, to assess unclassified data about UAPs or what people used to call UFOs because they thought NASA could start contributing to this whole search. Now it was called the NASA's Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena Independent Study Team. Yeah. That's what, that's what the whole, re, that's what the team was called. There were 16 people on the team and they just recently put a report out. Mm -hmm. And the report, I read the whole report and I think I might even send you a copy. Yes. And, and it was just put out just a few days ago, it was September 14th. And I started looking and saying, what, what is really in this report? And the one that, thing that I saw, one of things that it reported was, the team said, it is increasingly clear that the majority of UAP observations can be attributed to known <clears throat> phenomena or occurrences. Okay, how many, so, but the vast majority? It said, yes, it says it's increasingly that the majority okay. of UAP observations can be attributed to known phenomena or occurrences. That could be 51% when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so go ahead, please. You can tell that made a lot of people unhappy. Mm -hmm. All right. So, and then more importantly, this same report went on to say NASA's Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena Independent Study Team found no evidence to support that unidentified anomalous phenomena were extraterrestrial. Okay, all right. So same old, same so now, old. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Same old stuff, same old lines, same old everything. Yeah. And then, but they felt that NASA was not in an ideal position to contribute to the serious study of unidentified anomalous phenomena okay. because of the quality of the people that had been working for them. Okay. This is so, a money grab. Then, then, you know, you were asking me, do you think this report could lead to anything? So I went mm -hmm. through the whole report, mm -hmm. and yes, I do think it's it's already led to something that I followed up on, and I just uh, I just put down a couple of these. Okay, go ahead. So um, now the U.S. office that investigates UAP, it's called the All Domain Anomaly. Resolution Office or Arrow, they call it. I mean, come on, just stop for a second there. What is this kind of bullshit? You know what I mean? I mean, this is this is <laughs> distraction at its highest level. Just to you know, so already people who are really into UFOs in their oh, their yeah. lives are saying, "What's the name of that place? Well, What's this?" It's, you know, okay, it's called the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, <laughs> and it's only been out there for a year or so. Okay, but it's. Now it's been receiving a large amount of written reports about UAPs. Mm -hmm. So there are more UAP reports coming in that that group is looking at. Yep, yep. And there's now an increase in UAP sightings as well, in addition to the reports. So there's now, since that group has been put together, there's more reports, more sightings. Uh, now, the same group, the uh, Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena group, they have had, they're getting attention, not only from the common person, but from Congress. Yes. And the Department of Defense, and now NASA. 
So all these people now are seriously looking into UAPs. But here's the question. I just have to interrupt and ask the same question we ask all the time. Why now? You know what I mean? Why did they decide to step into it now when they've been denying it for, for decades? There's more and more money floating around. It's got to be it to investigate this. Yep, stuff. yep. It's got to be it, and that's that's what makes everyone stand up and pay attention. Um, I just want to interrupt for a second. I've always want to ask this of someone who's into ghosts. So, Stephanie, ever think that they might be part of the same thing? Do you know what I mean? Florida, yeah. I think that you know UFOs, aliens, ghosts. I think they exist adjacent to us, like on a different plane of existence. Yes. So we're very aware of them. I think they're aware of us. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're the same entities, but I think they kind of exist on the same level, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you think I, I have this this idea that there are just like there's a different there's a different something like right next right next to us, right next door. And just sometimes they leak into each other. Maybe they see us in their world and go, Oh my goodness, look at this. Yeah, yeah. So you do so this guy with a wig. Like, oh, Spotting yeah, so. today, <laughs> if we accidentally cross the line or something. But yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, uh, Matt, uh, yeah. quickly, uh, John Keel was contacted by a uh, psychiatrist once. He had had a, a young man was telling him that he had had a UFO encounter, a landing, and his dead father stepped out of the craft. Mm-hmm. And he asked Keel, "Is you know, did you ever come across anything like this?" Or because the psychiatrist was going to just brush it off as as some kind of a fantasy. Keel had gotten dozens and dozens of cases over the years of people that had encounters with apparently UFOs, but the deceased were part of that craft. Mm-hmm. And I've already told the story about uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley some years ago being in Waverly Hills Sanatorium with somebody. Oh, and in the yeah. shadows, they both saw something that looked like an alien gray in a haunted sanatorium. Well, wow, that's strange. So take that for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. That's odd. So Dr. Bob, getting back to NASA, I mean, do you see, is this just going to be another government agency just kind of, you know, kicking the can down the road a little bit? No, I I mean, I really think that NASA is going to try to do something correct because Bill Nelson, who's the administrator, Mm -hmm. he says that they have taken, NASA has already taken what he called concrete concrete actions to seriously look into UAP. Mm -hmm. Now, Another thing, I don't know if you heard this report or not, but NASA was going to re- give out the name. They were uh, appointing a chief of UAP research. Yes. NASA. Yep. They, they were going to do that. Then they reneged on that because mm-hmm. they said they were getting too much, uh, you know, flack and, and that harassment from the public <laughs> uh, so that they weren't going to announce the new chief's name. But they did finally announce it. Okay. And his name, uh, this was after the report was released, and his name is Mark McInerney. McInerney. <laughs> All right. Put an and, Irishman involved. And he's he's <laughs> the, the new Good idea. chief of uh, UAPs for NASA. Really? Yeah, huh? And, and I've tried to con- I've tried to con- I've contacted him. Yes. And I haven't gotten any uh, news back. But I'll tell you, I started looking in what NASA now has to offer. Yes, and it's amazing this, compared it, it, when I to when I was working yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have all types of like uh, grad post graduate work 
yep. which you can get into postgraduate programs on all of these type of things. Yeah, yeah. They've got young people working on educational programs to teach about UAP. See, that's good. So that, they, all of a sudden, it's, it's in the all, scientific community, and that's really what it should have been a long time ago. But now, maybe that's the milestone that we should c- celebrate with uh, you know, a Dr. toast Bob, cocktail. Can I add to that about uh, McInerney? Go ahead. Interesting thing about his background is that he's been with NASA for years, but he was presently the liaison to the DOD. Oh, really? Huh? Limited UAP activities. Yeah, so he didn't have interesting. that much. Excuse me? Of all he didn't the have that much going for him as far as fitting into that position. Yeah, well, yeah. the thing is that just the fact that the DOD connection to NASA and he, and he now getting the uh, – Taking over the uh, position there sure. tells you maybe there's going to be a closer involvement with, uh, you know, the military. They, and they for years have stayed away from that. Yeah. Yep. They, you know, but now, and and I've mentioned it in other discussions, the uh, trying to bring in more agencies, particularly that new, uh, you know, research group that you just mentioned. One of their charges is that they're going to deal with six different agencies. So good, maybe good that's luck. going to uh, come up with something uh, a little more concrete than just keeping us happy. Maybe they really are going to take some uh, positive steps and well, working it, together. It seems that way. Plus, they're going to involve crowdsourcing into this program. Uh-huh. That'll be nuts. Right. Yeah, so that'll be great. It's, it's really, it's, uh, you know, and Bill Nelson, the administrator there, he's, you know, they asked him what would he do if they found that, you know, uh, UAPs were extraterrestrial. And he said that in his case, he'd admit it publicly that mm-hmm. that's what it was. He wouldn't try to hide it from the public. Uh, let me tell you a quick, quick story about X. Okay. Agent X, Stephanie and everyone out there knows is he's on the show every once in a while. And he legitimately was in army counterintelligence. And then he worked for a company afterwards. We always, uh, bill him as, um, it worked for the company that worked for the company. It was a, it was a, um, you know, kind of like a contractor to the CIA in the FBI. So anyway, so he would go down to Washington D.C. once a year for this little kind of group thing, group tank thing, and they would they would have representatives from NASA, from the State Department, from the UN, from the military, from everybody, IRS, the name, and they'd give them a problem, and. Then they'd break up into their own little groups and they'd come up with solutions to how how they go about this. And usually, uh, he, he, as an example, he says, like, once they did it and terrorists had taken over a cruise liner, okay, so how are you going to rescue, you know, 5,000 people? So, you know, the military says we're going to do this. The State Department said we're going to keep all our allies informed. The works, right? So he goes down there, and, and this year, this particular year, the – problem was, I've told this story a number of times, uh, what happens if we find a UFO di- a disc in the desert? What do we do? And he said, everyone just looked at each other and they thought it was a joke because they never talk about stuff like that ever. But that was the problem. And so he says, you know, they, we listened to the lectures and we all like broke apart and so on. And um, they come back and uh, he wouldn't tell me, he was there representing the FBI. He didn't tell me there response but uh he said that the scientists get up and i've said this before they said uh could you lick it that was the thing because they said if we could lick it we could study it you know scientifically the military said does it have any weapons and how can we take advantage of them stuff like that but just the whole idea that that would be the problem 
when that would be the last thing that they would talk about. And all of a sudden, this is probably four years ago now, you know, you know, they always say they're going to stop bleeding this information out. And now here we are, you know. Hey, Dr. Bob, can I just add on that press conference that uh, Bill Nelson had, one of the interesting things was at the end of the conference, they asked him if he personally believed in UAPs. And he said yes. He said, how can we think we're the only, you know, living objects in a, where there are trillions of planets out there? Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. He ended this press conference with, again, I'm just going over that, but it's a similar comment that uh, although the press conference was kind of, well, you know, everything's been identified, but when they asked him directly, he as the head of NASA, it was very interesting that he made that comment. Yeah, and then also they uh, announced that they're going to use more artificial intelligence and machine learning in looking for UAPs because basically that's what I was doing with the Galileo project and that kind of got put to the side, but NASA seems to be picking that back up. But one thing that you might find interesting too is that um, in this report that said that NASA could play a vital role by assisting Arrow in its development of a new comprehensive federal system. So that seems to be what they're looking at, a whole new comprehensive federal system to working with UAPs. So that's, uh, you know, it, it look, there's going to be some change going on, uh, but there's a lot of unique things. I think uh, this organization, you know, could be NASA, could be the ones to take the lead on it. Well, it's maybe it's another way for NASA to um, become relevant because now they have literally competition that they help. And, you know, the SpaceX and all those kind of private companies taking away some of the glory. I was impressed when I started looking at what they had to offer and how, and they have like programs where if you're working on a new project, how they can analyze how well your project will work once it's implemented and so forth. That, I mean, they would, that type of stuff didn't exist when I was yeah. you know, working with them. That's cool. That's a good, that's a good, that's a sign in the right direction. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. All right. Now I want to throw this to Stephanie again because she made admission when she came on. She's married to a fan of the Indianapolis Colts. Is that right? Did I hear that? Or was that a ghost whispering? Correct. Yeah, yeah. you heard that right. <laughs> mm-hmm. For a long time? Uh, it'll be three years in October, but we've been together longer. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Has he been a fan longer? Yeah, mostly his whole life. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. This is going to get sad really quick. So <laughs> I like to give him hell for a lot of things, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, okay. This is. I don't want to get more ammunition, but. I feel bad for them because there was a time that they were a good team, okay? Mm-hmm. But the guy— you know, When they were in Baltimore. Well, yeah, yeah, before they went out. <laughs> long, long time. Long night. <laughs> but the guy who owns them, you know, this guy, right? And who, who, who he, he's bought up a lot of the Beatles guitars, and he hangs around with Santana and stuff like that. And, he, and he's just one of these guys. It's like, a, it's like a play thing. It's like a play thing to him. It's like a hobby. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's, he doesn't need the money. He's not yeah. super invested in how they do. I think it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm bored. I care about this team I'm, today. Yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't bought like a basketball or a hockey team or something. Yep, so, that's exactly what yeah. it is. And he thinks he's cool because he has all these really rare instruments because he's a multi-billionaire, so he can outclass anyone in the music world, you know, money-wise. Um, but now I read, and what's his name? Mira? Oh, not Mira. That's the um, 
Giants uh, owner. But anyway, whatever his name is, he's now got a cover band and he's doing a tour in the United States. Yeah. The freaking guy in charge of the Indian Colts, man. That would drive me nuts because one yeah, of the things. Uh, you're safe. You're safe. He's, you're, a, yeah. he's a character too. He does a lot of weird things. Yeah, 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 yeah. He really is. And, and when you see him, when you see him interviewed, <clears throat> I don't think he even knows about football. I don't know if he knows they blow it up with stuff with feathers, to tell you the truth. Because all he does is talk yeah, I, about guitars and hanging with Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, he's just a guy that owns things to own things. And mm-hmm. I think that he hopes he hires the right people to win games so that nobody yells at him. And yeah. I think that is involved as he wants to be. <laughs> they, yeah, right. They were really good at one time. And then I think just this, this, the atmosphere is a little bad. And then they went through that whole suck for luck thing, which did not, uh, you know, uh, pan out. But anyway, this is Mac Maloney Sports Hour. <laughs> uh, so why don't we do this? Sucked for luck who sucked after a while and after a short while, unfortunately. Well, as it turns out, he was not a bad guy, and I should now explain this. Yeah. Suck for luck was that this guy, Andrew Luck, I think his name was, was a number mm-hmm. one quarterback coming out of college. And if you had the worst record, you got dibs on him. You get the first draft choice. <laughs> so they had this one year, let's lose all the games, and it was called Suck for Luck. Okay, and they tried their best to lose as many games as possible, but then they won a couple. They won a couple. People go, "What are you doing?" Winning the game, but anyway, <laughs> they get luck anyway. And he's not a—he's not a bad quarterback. Okay, he's not a bad quarterback, but he retires like I don't know three years into it or so. He just—he yeah, like, was so young when he retired. But, yeah, you know, he just kind of said his body was done and he didn't want to ruin it anymore, which. Yep. You know what? He made his money. Good for him. Fact, yeah, he, he made his money. He did. He did make his money. He, it was, but it was during training camp, and everyone was thinking, "What? The, you know, this is this guy hasn't been in here fifteen years. He's been in you know, a handful of years." Anyway, after that, never recovered after that. And now, any kind of betting stuff that's going on, if we're looking for teams to bet, we just say, "Who's?" I hate to say this, but I'll tell your husband this: "Who's Indianapolis playing?" Yeah, put some money on them. All the time. <laughs> wow, we. And, and he's also a Cubs fan. Like he just sets him oh, all up for disappointment oh, all time. That's on oh, him, really. <laughs> Cubs. Wow, we. Okay, that one blip in the middle of the night in 2014. All right. Yeah. That nocturnal emission, and the rest of it has just been boring. Though it's a cool park. The park is cool. It used to be very cool, but you know the ball gets lost in the ivy and all that stuff. But it's way better when the Cubs are good because they've been sad for so long, you know. Sorry, Dr. Bob. Oh, that's okay. I'm a Pittsburgh Pirates fan myself. Oh, Is it still what, called what, Wrigley Field? No, you're really sucking the energy out of the room. Pittsburgh Pirates. Come on. Yes, it's called Wrigley Field. Still called yeah, Wrigley Field. Wrigley. I used to live in Wrigleyville for a little bit. Did you really? Right yeah. The field. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, it's really? Wow. But it's fun. It's fun there. Whether they're winning or losing, there's still like a lot of – Wrigleyville yep. likes to party. Yep. Like oh, Wrigley. yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, people. I know people who remember right before they put the lights up, people on the apartment buildings across the street started putting grandstands on their roofs. Yeah. Okay. Remember that? And finally, yeah. they they made them take them down. But I knew someone who lived in one of the buildings. Okay, and they would go up there like all the time. First, it was just kind of friends and stuff. Then I think they started charging people. I don't know. Maybe that's when they got mad. But you could yeah. look into the ballpark from the top of the apartments. Then they put up the lights. And kind of obscured the view and stuff, and you know that was it for the charm of it. But I agree, the Cubs are where they win or lose, people are interested in them. Yeah, yeah, it's a partying town. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to be in that part. That's on the uh, north side, right? 
Uh, I think so. Yeah. Because the south side, it's south side is the White Sox, and it's right near where right. the meat packing is and all that stuff. You know, that's all they can think of. Anyway, wow. All right, there was five minutes on yeah, lousy the stock, uh, stockyards, the famous well, stockyards. Chicago teams. Okay. All right. So why don't we do this? What do you say? I want to bring the train into the station. Well, you know, you still got uh, eight minutes if you eight minutes. Okay. Uh, all right, uh, Stephanie, uh, who is the um, in charge of the high spirited podcast, which matches which matches ghosts with different cocktails. What's your favorite cocktail? Did I already ask you this? You've not asked. It's actually it depends on the time of year. I really like an old fashioned, but it's, if it's hot outside, I like a margarita. Okay, now hang on. Explain the uh, ingredients in an old fashioned, please. So an old fashioned is bourbon based. You're going to use bourbon, and then there's two ways to make it. You can either use a sugar cube or simple syrup. Okay. So it's like a sugar, and then bitters, Angostura bitters. Really? Super yeah. Simple. Yeah, that will keep you going for a while. How about a Manhattan? What's in a Manhattan? I've had Manhattans. Earlier so Manhattans are very similar, um, except that they don't have the sugar in it, and they use vermouth. And yeah. the vermouth's like really kind of—it's a little more bitter. Yep. Um, it's not a bad drink. You just want somebody that knows what they're doing to make it for you. Okay. How about martinis? Are you a martini fan? I'm. I'm not. I'm Ooh. not big into gin or vodka at all. And you know, those can kind of go either way. Not big on martinis. Juan Juan's favorite drink of all time since he's been a kid is a chocolate yeah. chocolate well, martini. I like it. I like it. when it's a late when it's late night. I love an espresso martini oh, to, keep me up even, to keep me up even longer. You fool! <laughs> It'll put half my body to sleep, the other half wide awake. Wow. Okay. Well, we've gone into many bars where you've ordered chocolate martinis. They have one, one, and yeah, well, not that many fights. They're good. Yeah, they're right. Okay. And I, I never really was a martini guy until uh, going down to the galley. <laughs> that started us on the long road of. Oblivion. Oblivion, right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Um, Start closing the place up and then locking us in it. <laughs> it has happened a couple times, as it turns out. But great seafood, as it turns out. Yeah. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take uh, the train into the station by the time we thank everybody? This tap dance will be over. Uh, Switch, mm-hmm. you have, the, uh, you have the, the photo up there, Switchy. Yeah, yes, I, I, I brought it in uh, with all that sports talk. Switch, you 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 have a uh, you have a book out and about, right? Out and about high strangeness, a book that you collaborated on. Do you have a book out? Do you have a book out? Well, I, I have contributed a couple chapters to different books. Oh, that's oh, okay. All right. If you don't want to take credit for it, what were you what were you selling at the UFO Festival? And do you want to plug it now? If not, oh, oh, that one. Yes. Okay. So, wow. Okay. That, Hang that, on. That's that's one. Uh, it's called Mothman. High strangeness. Okay. The it it takes it's the year of the Garuda, the year of the Mothman, sixty six to sixty seven. Year of the Garuda. And uh, uh, Mark Randall is the graphic artist. Okay. And he covers things like John Keel, the Mothman, the Lily family. The pictures the are great. Men in Black. Yep. And uh, he and I wrote uh, the pieces for it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you gave me a copy when you're up here, and uh, right. very nice. Yeah, okay. People get that where? Amazon. Well, they, they can. You can order it on Amazon. Okay. Or you can see me at the Van Meter Visitor Festival this weekend, which uh, will be passed by the time this airs. It'll be the Van Meter. Uh, I'm, I'm probably be going to the Frogman conference in uh, March. Frogman. Frogman. There's another conference in, in Bucks County that might be coming up. Yes. Yeah, so you can you can uh, get it through Amazon or or get it uh, from me. 
and I'll, I'll be happy to sign it for you. What's the Frogman? Where's he from? Not a school. Well, the Frogman was that's uh, uh, the uh, came out of the Miami River oh. uh, in, in Loveland, Ohio. Oh, okay, not, not too far from here. And he was he was seen uh, uh, briefly in the mid fifties and a couple times by police officers in seventy two. Although there is a tradition that goes back to the Native Americans yes. when they told it to, to the, the French that were there. Yes. But this guy, you know, he's almost a one off. I mean, he hardly ever shows up. But the guy gets a conference. You know, well, he gets a conference. <laughs> had the audacity to to chase cars and pester well over a hundred people that first year. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. Everyone gets a dinner, as they used to say. Yeah. Um, it's a time. Okay, why don't we start thanking everybody. Let's start with our guest tonight. And we're going to clap for you, Stephanie. Hi, this is happy to be here. Highly Spirited Podcast. Everyone just, uh, how do we find you? Just Google Highly Spirited Podcast. Yep, it should be wherever you get podcasts. And you can follow it on Instagram at Highly Spirited Podcast. Mm -hmm. Now, if one of us had a few drinks and wanted to call in or something like that. Is that possible? Oh, so I haven't done guests yet. I would oh. love to. So if you guys want to grab a cocktail and come on sometime, I would be so happy to have you. That's Talk a, about ghosts you've seen or places you want to meet a ghost. That'd be fun. That's a hard be no. the end of your podcast. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, we take it. We understand. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. Please come back on again. We love yeah, the idea. Course. We love the idea a lot. In fact, we're going to go out now and have a drink and talk about ghosts. <laughs> It'll be quite oh, spirited. Oh, 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 ironic. Trust me. <laughs> thank you, Stephanie, for joining us. Dr. Thank Bob, Dr. Bob, thank you very you much. Do. We appreciate it. Always good to have a doctor on board, as you can see. Thank you. Okay, we'll talk who, to you very who soon. You mentioned the Waverly Hills. Uh, I, I did. The Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Yes. I've, I've been there and investigated. That's a strange place. Really? Yeah. It is. We should do a show on it. Something may have touched the top of my head yes. while I was in the. Uh, uh -oh. uh, what do they call that? With the, where they keep like that hallway. <laughs> There's yeah. a joke here. Yes, something <laughs> ran a bony <laughs> finger up and down my spine and my ribs when I was there. Here's a, here's a ghost of a wig maker. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I was in the morgue and I. Something, yes, that something was. Scary. That was it. Yeah. And, and, and some people actually went into on the slabs. You know, they put uh, them in there. Wow. No. I, I was I attacked. Don't think so. I was attacked by a bat in the morgue. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Huh? Oh man, I hate that. Like four o'clock in the morning. Cool. Yeah, that that is a creepy place. Nobody uses flashlights or anything like that. You just let your eyes adjust to the uh, surroundings. And uh, no thanks. But I'm not. You know, I, I don't even know if if I really had an experience. It could have been a bug, uh, yes. you know, passing over my head. But uh, is this a tour of the place? Yes. Well, you get a tour, and yep. then they kind of let you wander around and investigate in the dark. Up. I was there with a team of uh, scientists. Mm. We set up experiments and so forth. Yes. It was, it, we had a bed frame that started vibrating in the middle of the hall with for, nobody around it. For a quarter? Yeah. Yes, we understand. <laughs> anyway, well, that's... What was really going on there in the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Bob, real quick, what's the name of the book you're working on? It's called The Roswell and Kecksburg UFO Crashes, The Scientific Evidence, and I'm co-writing that with uh, Cal Corf. Nice. Okay, that's going to be out in about a month. Yes. Super dope. Thank you. All right. We'll be in touch very soon. Club, thank you, Club. Thank oh, my you. My pleasure. It was great being here. Thank you. Okay. Going to be in touch very soon about other yeah. matters. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Al Renato. Hey. Glad to be here, Mac. Keeping time. And should we start our engines or what? Uh, we're close. We got to get out of here, man. Tonight has been really weird. The whole vibe once we got in here. No one's here, for one thing. And. And the radio station is playing in the background. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the whole thing is kind of strange tonight. Yep. So. Anyway, uh, thank you to 
Switchy. Switchy, thank you. Did I thank you already, Switch? Uh, you can't thank me enough, man. Really, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> However, several demerits from when your cat was on earlier, okay? Especially the cat's he, he, tail. He's on again. You just missed him. Okay. That's Keel. Okay. Uh, also, one one as always. Thank you. You betcha. We talked to you soon. My pleasure. Okay. I've got everybody. I think you're done. No one's going to get upset and send me texts. All their lawyers, too. Homestrat Troops. Homestrat Troops is an organization that raises money for our wounded veterans in post-9-11 action, meaning the Afghani wall and also the uh, Iraqi wall. These are folks who came home uh, missing limbs and so on. And what Homestrat Troops does is raise money for them to build houses that are adapted to these veterans' needs. That is, lower counter space, not a lot of steps, things of that nature. And then when it, these homes are completed... Uh, they rip up the mortgage. They give them the keys. They do not have to worry about a mortgage payment hanging over their head every month because they own the home, and they can go out and rejoin society in a way without having to uh, that thing over their shoulder, over their heads. So um, 90%, 90 cents in your uh, dollar goes to our veterans. Please just go on uh, Homestrad Troops, Google them, see what they're about. Lois and I went to one of their homes down in uh, Massapoiset, nice part of Massachusetts, and the home is really, really beautiful. This is not temporary housing or anything. This home costs $485,000. Beautiful home, adapted for this woman who lost two legs after um, uh, doing two tours of duty in Afghanistan. Just really a nice all-around thing. Home for our troops. Just Google them, see what they're about. And I think that's it, gang, right? Okay. No, good. No hands yes. are raised? I'm seeing crickets, you know? Crickets. Okay. <laughs> Hang on. Why am I putting those on? So listen, uh, this is Mac for the entire gang saying, be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. And now, please stay tuned for a bonus segment of Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show.
Where the air makes you choke And people don't know you And trust is a joke I don't even have pictures Just memories to hold Grow sweeter each season As I slowly grow old Soaring on the wings of pride, I flew too high And like Icarus, I collide With a world I try so hard to leave behind To rid myself of all but love To give and die become another nail to pierce the skin the one who loves me more deeply than the oceans more abundant than the tears of a world embracing every heartache can I be the one to sacrifice or grip the Remains of a life I should not own Takes all I am just to believe In the mercy that covers me Did you really have to die for me? All I am for all you are What I need and what I believe Our world's apart my world above I am on my knees Take my world above Broken on my knees Take my world above I am 